Welcome to Ripple Effect Connection. I'm your host, Christy Hugic. Our mission is to empower you with valuable insights and actionable strategies that can truly enrich your life. I'm excited to bring you another episode of Coach's Corner. This is the series that opens the door to a treasure trove of wisdom and practical guidance from some of the most influential coaches in their fields. Today, my guest is Emily Nichols, and we are diving into a topic near and dear to my heart, habit change. I have read and utilized many methods from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear in my own life and also with clients. Start a new habit, get rid of a bad one. It's something that sounds so simple and easy, but it isn't for various reasons. So Emily is here to share what she does to help in this realm. She's the host of Habit Hack Your Health, a top podcast that helps working moms and entrepreneurs habit hack their health in less time and guilt-free. From her own struggles, Emily finally found that women have to do habits differently, and she's sharing the solutions on how to live a healthy lifestyle that doesn't feel overwhelming or complicated, but rather sustainable and empowering through the power of habit hacking. It's all about starting to put yourself first without the guilt. She does this through her resources, through the podcast, her programs, coaching, and tools from her habit hack shop. Emily is also a wife, hashtag boy mom to two boys, certified personal trainer, orange theory coach, cycle instructor, yoga teacher, behavioral change specialist, and she's also a Taco Tuesday enthusiast. So we might get into that too. Here now is my episode with Emily Nichols. Emily, let me welcome you to the podcast. Thank you for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Christy, I'm so excited to chat with you, friend. I know. It's good to see you. And see, we need podcasts as excuses to catch up with some of us who haven't maybe chatted in so long. But I'm always following what you do on social media because you're like me. I'm a habit change junkie. So I'm always looking at what you're doing and all the great things that you're putting out in the world. So you and I are going to get into our one of our favorite topics today and something that you're so passionate about and coach so many with. But first and foremost, I always start the podcast with why you do what you do. So share your why with the listeners. Why I do what I do. Well, I'm a habit and fitness coach. And the reason I do what I do is because I've been in my client's shoes. I've known what it's been like to feel not confident in my body. I feel like I've known what it's felt like to not feel confident in like the way I feel about myself and talk about myself and using maybe unhealthy habits to not support me even feeling that way. And I know there's so much more in feeling good on the other side and healthy habits is the way to do it. And when you elevate your health, I just know it's so cool to watch everything else in your life level up to like your relationships, your job, the way you're able to support your friends and other family members. So I just know when you take care of yourself, it elevates everything else in your life. And you might feel good in your leggings at the same time too, which nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that that never hurts, right? That never mm-hmm. hurts. And you're, we're battling so much as coaches, you know, to try and overcome some of the diet culture and things that are out there. But what if I come to you and I say, let's start simple. I've got this new habit I want to start. Let's say I want to start going to the gym because you and I will relate to that as trainers too. going to the gym. Coach me up. Where do I start? What do do I do first? 
Yeah. Well, first, I would kind of take a step back and say, why? Why do you want to go to the gym? Is it is it really deeply rooted? And I'm supposed to work out to be skinny. Or like, I want to go take like these hard classes. Like I coach at Orange Theory, for example. That's not meant for everybody, right? So I would first start with like, well, why do you want to work out? What's your reasoning behind it? Maybe it's, oh, I want to have more energy and I know it helps me sleep better at night. Then I'm like, okay, Great. Well, let's start there. Let's really think about habit hacking this and giving you some cues to make it easy to get to go to the gym. What's your plan when you're at the gym? But also, on the other side, thinking about the reward side of it as far as like, how do you feel when you're done? Because that motivation won't be there every day, 100%. I know I'm not motivated every day. You're probably not motivated every day, Christy. We're all human, right? But when you create a habit over time, it becomes automatic and you almost get like, you're almost like a dopamine junkie, right? You feel, your brain is telling you, this feels good when I'm done. So leaning into how good you feel on the other side will really help you to keep showing up when you're not feeling so motivated. But taking a step further there, because I really talk about this from the lens of like a busy working mom. Okay, well, logistically, how long is it going to take you to get there? What about coming home? Do you have to have like a quick shower? Are you going to have a call pretty soon after? Do you have to get your kids up and get them ready and get yourself showered and get to work? Thinking about making all of that really simple for you is what I do as a coach because it's not so simple as I'm going to go to the gym and work out. There's all these other factors in thinking about that. Um, so there's a lot of different layers to it. But first, thinking about why am I here? What am I doing? How good do I feel on the other side? And then all the other logistics on the other side, you can have it hack a little bit deeper. Yeah, and I think we're at this time of the year where people might be going through, they set these goals in January, they had these lofty expectations, they had these New Year's resolutions, and by February, they've fallen flat. So one of the things that I see happens is that the expectations of what what they were going to do in the first place were sometimes unrealistic. If you're saying, I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week, then what happens if you don't go seven days, right? All of a sudden, it's a failure if you're, if, you're, if you're going five or going six. So sometimes I think the expectations that folks are setting in the first place can be a little bit challenging and making it hard on themselves to maintain it because they see things as a failure quickly. Is that something what you see or what are the reasons you see that people kind of fail at this point of the year to change those habits? Yeah, I mean, January is a time, it's like a a really keystone point on our calendars where it's like a sense of renewal. You want to start taking care of yourself, like the new year, new me mentality, which I don't like that, unpersonally. But I feel like we kind of tend to have an all or nothing mentality. Like we are doing it all. I'm going to work out seven days a week. I'm going to meal prep, like hashtag meal prep every Sunday. I got the meal prep containers. We're going to spend three hours doing that. Okay, I'm going to journal. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do all this. and It's going to be my best year ever. That sounds great in theory, and I know we have really high expectations, like you said, but you have to kind of take a step back and meet yourself where you're currently at in reality and what your capacity is. And so we try to do it all, but then like you said, maybe like a couple days you don't go, like your your kid gets sick or like you get a deadline at work you have to really work hard on, you don't get to the gym. Then like you said, we see that as a sense of failure. Well, I didn't do it all, so... I, I just, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to say, I'm going to start over again in February. Clean slate. Forget about January. February is my, my, my thing. Well, we try to do that again, and then we fail again, and now it's a vicious cycle. It's such a vicious cycle where we're trying to do it all, 
we fail, we keep trying, and then we just don't trust ourselves, right? We don't trust ourselves. So if we kind of take a step back, and this is very counterintuitive for us where we're like, what if I just did 1% more? You know, a 20-minute workout is 1% of your day, like probably less than that, actually. What if I just worked out for 20 minutes a day at home with like a free like yoga video on YouTube? For us, we kind of, in our minds, like, but that's not enough. And it's like, well, what are you consistently and sustainably doing now versus, you know, 20 minutes a day? It's like, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm meeting myself where I'm at. I'm just doing 1%. You know, maybe you just work out one day a week or five days a week, 20 minutes a day throughout the whole month of February, for example. At the end of the month, you're like, wow, that feels like automatic now. It feels good. I'm leaning into how good I feel. Okay, maybe I'm, now I'm going to start like drinking more water every day. I'm going to have a new goal of drinking more water every day. And you see from there, it's building momentum. You're like triggering in your mind like, okay, this is a new habit. It feels automatic. It feels good. It's going to inspire other healthy habits in your life. So if we start teeny, tiny, 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 which is so counterintuitive, like I know, like I, like I was like the queen of like Monday morning motivation, like got my whole workouts listed for the week, what I'm going to do. And by Friday, I was like face first into like a pizza. I was like late fees at the gym, like cancel fees at the gym. Like we've all been there. But if you come from it from that way, just thinking smaller steps at a time, that is way more sustainable and you're going to build so much confidence in yourself. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, you and I are admitting like we've walked in, we've walked in this walk. We've, we've had this happen. I was that person that was like, oh, if I'm not working out every day or if I was on the road, I, you know, I couldn't get an hour in. It was like, well, then I don't do it. You're all of a sudden, mm. well, you're like, well, what's wrong with 15 minutes if that's what I have today? There's nothing wrong with that. It's just showing up for yourself you know, in the most loving way and whatever that means that day. And some days it's giving yourself a big hug and curling up in a ball and watching some Netflix. And that's, that's okay too. But let's just say these folks are trying to reset here in February and you've got your five-step habit change method. Do you want to talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that? Maybe we can get these folks on the right path. Yeah, yeah. So this is just basic like habit strategy 101. And I work a lot with busy working moms. I'm like what they call an elder millennial. I'm 42. So I'm working with a lot of like other millennial moms. And when we're thinking about starting habits, I kind of call this like Atomic Habits for Women 101. Like everyone has read Atomic Habits by James Clear. I love it. As I was becoming a behavior change specialist, it really reinforced a lot of the things I was learning with my certification. But I know as I was learning it, I was like, but this, but that it was just like my own lifestyle. So I found this five-step habit change method to really help you kind of reset. And this is something that I love for my clients to learn. And it is intuitively a habit about every quarter. They're like, okay, do I need to pivot what's working for me and what's not with my health because we go through different seasons of life, right? So the first step is to really take a step back and look at who do you wanna be? What is your habit identity, okay? Kind of like you asked me at the beginning, like what is your why? And it's like, okay, well this is your why, but taking it a step further and saying, well what habits are gonna support who I want to be? Right. So if it's like I am someone that is patient and present and I have energy and I know 20 minutes of movement a day helps me do that. Great. Okay. So we kind of establish one healthy habit and why we want to do it. Like I said, I work a lot with moms. We kind of even take it a deep, deeper level and say, well, who, who else does this benefit since we're such nurturing beings by nature? And the next we take a step back. 
I kind of already alluded to it. And think of just your health in three areas, either mindset, movement, or your food freedom. Think of these as like your fundamental needs, right? If we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like if you did like psychology 101, it's that pyramid at the bottom are just your basic physiological needs. You move up to like all the way at the top where it's self-actualization, like you're living your best life, you feel fulfilled, But the bottom is just your basic fundamental needs. And we're not doing that. It's all crumbling, Christy. It's all just crumbling (laughs) down because we're just not sleeping or drinking water or moving our bodies, right? We're stuck behind the computer all day. Like, I totally get that. So if we take a step back and just think of health in those three areas, you can really identify what habit would best serve me. So like I said, movement would be a really good one in this particular example. Okay, now the next step is to really think about A lot of folks I hear, I'm sure you hear this too, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm so busy. I'm so overscheduled. I'm so overstimulated. So what if we took a step back and just looked at the facts, not the feelings we have about our time, and did something like a habit inventory or a time inventory? So we sell some of these in our shop. They're just downloads. Or you just take a piece of paper and write down everything you do in a day, how long it took you, how you felt when you did it, and more than likely you're going to find some time wasters in your day. I guarantee most of us scroll social media more than 20 minutes a day. So what if instead of doing that, we did a 20-minute walk or we did like a 20-minute yoga flow like on a YouTube video? You're like, okay. And you have to be really honest with that, with that exercise too, to really be like, oh, there's a lot of things in my, t- my day I'm wasting time at. And that's okay. Now, the next step is like juicy habit strategies. My favorite habit strategy ever, and that is to make an, a habit loop. And that's to help you take action. So kind of like what I alluded to earlier when we were talking about starting a new habit. So maybe you're going to do 20-minute yoga flows every day. Say every day at noon, you have a Zoom call with your boss and you work from home. So maybe that is your cue. Once you hang up with your boss, that's your cue to routine. Do the yoga flow. The reward on the other side is like, oh, I feel all zen. I feel flexible, mobile. I move my body. Good to go. Because a lot of times we think, oh, I'm going to do 20 minutes of workout every day. And it's like, okay, when I've identified the time when I can do it, but how am I going to actually do it? So this logistically helps you take action. And then step five is to track that habit. Because we get caught up in our feelings a lot of times, like we mentioned, like we're like, oh, I'm going to do this so many days, and then you don't. If you're able to track something over 21 days, you're actually able to have the facts and be like, wow, I did 20 out of 30 days of like yoga for the month. Like, go me. And it's actually, you can see it. And it's kind of like, you know, like I'm sure you've done this too when you write a to-do list. You write something you already do on there because it feels good to cross it off. It's the same thing. You also don't want to miss your streak. I hang my habit tracker on my fridge so my family sees it as well. Talk about accountability. And I have a preteen and teenage boy, like they know. Um, And then from there, you can start stacking. Then from there, kind of like we alluded to earlier, now we can start stacking more habits. But you can see, I only mentioned one. I only mentioned one. So when you're ready and you're like, this feels good, then you can go through the process again and be like, okay, as far as like my food freedom, like what would support me and who I want to be with my food freedom? Maybe it's like, okay, preparing extra protein every day because that's an easy meal prep hack and it helps me feel satiated and sustains me and gives me energy through the day and helps build up my muscle tone, which we need more and more of as women. So you can kind of see from there, you kind of go through this little process and this shouldn't take you long. This is something that you intuitively learn over time and then take it to the next level for yourself from there. 
I love it. I love it. And it's, you know, everything you're saying is resonating so much because these are all the things that we've learned. And, you know, I'm like you, I'm a James Clear disciple. You know, I think that book is like a Bible. I tell everyone that's a textbook. If you want to make changes, this is a textbook, you know, go and do this. And so you're really good at providing these resources for people. So I want to, I want to circle back to the habit tracking because I do know how valuable that is. And I always said that's why I think Peloton is so successful for people too, is because you see everything. You know how many days, they're brilliant. They give you the calendar. You see how many days you've worked out. It doesn't matter the time. It just get a little blue dot on the date that you worked out. And when you see that, that's motivating. And when there's a leaderboard and you see your progress, that's motivating. So what are some of the other, I know you mentioned putting it on your fridge, but what are some of the ways you kind of encourage people to do this tracking? Cause it is so impactful. Oh, it is. And oh my gosh, I broke my streak a uh, two years ago. I broke my tailbone. And like, since then I haven't been able to get like a 52 week streak back. I'm like, sometimes I'm just putting up like a Peloton meditation just so I'm like, I can't miss my streak. Right. But it's the same thing with habit tracking, right? Like I said, it is such a powerful tool because it gives you the facts. It's a visual cue as well. And there's a couple different ways to use them. So you can use like a printable one. There's actual like spiral bound ones that you can get on Amazon. We sell a digital one that's compatible with like um, Google Sheets and Excel if that's more like your jam to be able to do it on there. There's a lot of really great apps out there now that help you customize and track your habits as well. But tracking your habits is needs to be a habit in itself too, right? So we need to take action, maybe creating a habit loop around using your habit tracker. Maybe... It's set at your nightstand at the end of the day. You take it out. I always have a hot cup of green tea when I get ready for bed. And you pull out your habit tracker and you just boop, 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 boop. Look what I did today. Good to go. Or maybe you're keeping it with like your planner or your work bag or by your schedule throughout the day. And you're checking them off as you do the things you wanted to do throughout the day. Or maybe you are an early morning person that work, likes to work out. You hop on your Peloton and you have your habit tracker on your Peloton, like right there by your bike or your tread, and you're ready to just pull it out and be like, okay, I get, here's what I got done yesterday. You have to be intentional with using it and make it fun. You know, I use colorful markers and pens. Some people like to do just a digital one. I like to make it a whole experience and make it pretty and make it fun. And it's so cool at the end of the month to look and be like, oh, look what all I did. And there's a couple different ways you can just kind of play around, see what feels best and works best for you. But you have to create habit loops around using your habit tracker so you use it. Yeah, 100%. And like... You know, I've been at this a long time and this year I'm sitting right next to it here. I got a um, planner and in my planner, because I'm juggling a full-time job, a part-time job, a podcast, my family, my love for college basketball at this time of year, I'm juggling a lot of things, right? Yeah. So I got this planner and on the planner down in the bottom, it does have a habit tracker. It has wins for the week, lessons learned, how will I improve next week? So now I've made a new habit of on Sunday, I evaluate my week that happened and I go into my next week writing down what my goals are and intentions are for the next week. So it's never too late to start these habits. And like I'm we're, I'm changing things all the time. So it's okay to, yeah. you know, tweak these things. And that's why folks like yourself and, you know, any clients that I have as a health coach, this is what we talk about too. You know, we want to make you successful. We want to put good coaches, put their 
clients in the best position to succeed. And I know that you're giving people a lot of tools to do that, which is, which is what I love. I do want to circle back to, you know, it's kind of a, a left turn from talking about the actual habit tracking, but I, I want to go back to the diet culture mentality and mm. how you help get people out of it because it is so important when people are trying to make these changes. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm 42. Like I grew up watching my mom do Weight Watchers. Like I would eat like snack well cookies and like diet cookies. Like I remember in college, we would get like the Abercrombie or Victoria's Secret magazines and we would cut out like girls that we were like, okay, body goals and hang them up. We got to get in shape for spring break and really, really restrict ourselves. That's not fun. (laughs) That's not fun. It's not sustainable. And it takes a lot to rewire our brains as far as what diet culture has brainwashed us in regards to you're either on or off a diet, right? You're either on or you're off. And in my opinion, I'm at the point now where I'm like, well, I've done all these different things. I don't want to keep being on a diet. I have a training for life mentality. Like I'm fueling my body so I can have more energy throughout the day. But that doesn't mean I don't have tacos and margaritas with my girlfriends sometimes, right? I don't want to miss out on those experiences because of food. And that takes a long time to kind of unravel for yourself and digging a little deeper into that as well. But also taking it another step further and really thinking about, okay, well, what are my needs for where I'm at at this point in my life? Like I said, I'm training for life. I'm 42. I want to be able to like get up off off the floor with my grandkids someday. I want to not miss out on fun experiences. I want to be able to move my body in really beautiful ways and inspire other people as I get older. And that takes a long time to unravel for yourself and really digging deeper into when you focus on just the the system, right, the, and fall in love with the process and the journey as far as like, I'm creating these healthy habits for myself. I know for me, like I started with doing a Whole30 for the first time back in 2015 and really dug deep into my habits and relationship around food and really dug deep into my food freedom. From there, it was really beautiful because then I started moving my body more. I really started digging deeper into my mindset And over time, I wasn't trying to intentionally lose weight, but it naturally happened because I was just focusing on the process. I fell in love with the process of taking care of my body and treating my body almost like an experiment and really getting cues back to be like, oh, when I do this, this is how I feel. Or, oh, when I eat this much of that, okay, that's how I feel. And not coming at it as I'm bad or good based on what I ate or what something is good or bad based on what I didn't eat or that I didn't work out. And like I said, it was kind of like we take a really big health first, weight loss second approach where when you're really digging deep into your habits, your body will transform over time too. It's almost like removing this mental block where you're like, I'm not restricting, I'm not dieting, I'm training for life. And like, all of a sudden you notice like my leggings fit like a lot lot better now. I'm feeling myself. I feel pretty, pretty good right now. And like I said earlier, everything else in your life just elevates as well. So when you really just fall in love with the process, with your habits, your health, the weight loss will happen if that is something that is a goal of yours. But it takes some time to unravel that. And also wonderful. When that diet culture mentality creeps in 
and keep that training for life mentality instead. I love that. That was put so well because I just think it's so important. And we see it at the clinic, even with our patients, you know, it's about getting healthy to lose weight, not losing weight to get healthy. And mm. so getting healthy comes first. The weight loss, if it's, if it's needed, will, will come eventually, but it's, it goes back to that deeper why. And speaking of why, I want to talk about a little more specifically about why you feel that women must do habits differently and why you felt like you needed to create a specific atomic habits for women. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I noticed when I went through my own transformation, it started in 2015. My husband actually came to me and was like, babe, I want to do a whole 30. And I was like, no, thank you. (laughs) Hard pass. No, thank you. Um, I'm a big emotional eater. I was climbing the corporate ladder at the time. My boys were a lot smaller and I dealt with, you know, with it with chocolate chip cookies and wine. Like I was like, no. But he was coming at it from a point where my husband's always been a runner. Like he's a Boston Marathon qualified runner. He's a triathlete, an Ironman. Like he does all these crazy like adventure races. And he was working a job at the time where he was working like night shift, second shift, weekends, and his sleep really suffered because of it. And he gained 50 pounds over time. And he was like, I really feel like we just need to dig deeper into our health. And I think food would be a really easy way, like a stepping stone, like just a small little step for us. Um, and at the time, it was like, we really need to model healthy habits for our boys because they're getting older, they're watching. It's like, okay. So we did this together, which... I wouldn't recommend it for everybody, but my husband and I are pretty good accountability partners. And what I noticed, though, over time, Christy, I was like, why is this so much easier for him? (laughs) Like, he would just, I was meal prepping and, you know, I was, you know, putting these meals together, ensuring we had leftovers and you know, if my kids were little enough, I'm like, oh, they don't want cauliflower rice, so I'm making rice on the side, or they want some mac and cheese. And it's not to say my husband didn't help with things like that, but it would be like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. I have to, I'm going to just work out from home because I don't have the capacity to make it to the gym because the boys are little and he has to leave early for work. So I'll work out from home. My husband would just be like, well, I'm going to go to the gym after work. I'm like, okay. And I just noticed like, it was so much easier for him. And it's not to say that he is not the most helpful, wonderful partner, husband, dad ever. It's just different for me. I feel like I have a lot of internal and external distractions. We all do as women. We have a lot of tabs open in our head. And it's not just for us, right? It's like, okay, I have this tab open in my head because I got to register the kids for camp this week. And oh, I got to pick up this kid and get him here as well. I got to make sure to tell my husband where he needs to be to get this kid to A, point A to B. Like I always laugh, like I have so many tabs open on my computer, (laughs) literally. And it's all the things I need to get done. Well, I think it's the same thing in my head. So we also have the best of intentions, but maybe you want to get a workout in, but then you get a call and you got to go pick up your kid from school because they're sick and you're the one that's able to go get them. Well, then you're not able to work out, then you just don't do it. So there's a lot of internal, external distractions, a lot of pressure we put on ourselves that we need to carry and spin all these plates as moms. But also, I think diet culture mentality is with different for women than it is for men. It, it just is not to say there's not body image issues or other things with men it's just different it is it and if ladies are listening they know what i'm saying like you understand what i'm saying so 
what I started doing from there is like, I have to be super intentional with my habits then. So instead of just being like, okay, I'm going to set up a habit loop where I get off work, I go work out, I come home, I feel great. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to set up a habit loop where I'm able to get a 20 minute workout in at home. I'm laying out my clothes intentionally, kind of like I mentioned, if I'm going to the gym, if I'm going to Orange Theory, for example, I have very well-intentioned systems laid out where I'm like, here's my clothes. I have the car keys, the kids' lunches. My husband helped me pack them the night before. Everyone's clothes are laid out. The kids have their own alarms to help them get up and get moving. We have to have these other habits in place because if I didn't have all that in place, I wouldn't have worked out at all because I'm like, it's just, it's too much. It's too overwhelming. Like, I, it's just easier for me not to do it. But eventually I know it's okay when I'm being super intentional with these habits, I'm losing the diet culture mentality because I'm like, man, I feel so good. And my kids see the benefits of it as well. My my boys are preteens and teenagers now. And like they're at the point now where I'm seeing like the fruits of our labor. Like I see them if they're having a hard day, they're feeling stressed out, they'll go work out. They'll go like, okay, I this makes me feel better. Or if they're like, mom, have you worked out today? Because <laughs> maybe I'm not being so patient with them. So for me, it's kind of come full circle and that I first had to really recognize like it's not my fault my habits weren't sticking. I just needed to do them a little bit differently and be a little bit more intentional. And then that's when it started just snowballing from there. And like I said, not to say men don't have some of the same pressures. It's just different for us. And we just have to do it in a little bit more creative ways. Yeah. And I think what's different too is that we have this innate caregiver mentality that is all about everyone else comes first before ourselves, and there's this guilt around self-care so talk about what you feel like how people can come combat that because I think that's what moms deal with a lot is like Mm -hmm. hey I need to be there for my kids I need to I need to do x y and z and then and if they're taking time out to do some of these things sometimes there is a guilt factor so kind of define self-care but then also talk about easing the guilt when you are trying to take care of yourself and others yes I mean self-care is such a personal feeling for people, right? For some, for me, sometimes self-care means if it's a nice day rolling down my window and playing like some early 2000s hip hop in my car. And I'm like, this is a form of self-care. Like it feels so good. Or going to get like a special coffee for like that I just get once a month. It's like a whole experience. And when my kids were little, like I would work out from home and sometimes they would wake up early and they're crawling all over me while I'm working out. And it's fun to see those memories now pop up to be like, I was putting in the work so I could get them to the point where they're at now where I see them making self-care a priority for themselves as young men now. But in the moment, you know, even like I would be like in um, networking groups or something like, oh, babe, I'm sorry. I got to go to this evening meeting. I'm so sorry. But it really fills my cup to be able to help this organization out. And he would be like, okay, go. I think in our heads, he's like, it's fine. I think a lot of times we make it bigger in our heads. Like, they're going to be so upset if I go do this. And I got to the point where I had to take a step back. And I share this a lot with my clients who do have mom guilt. I'm like, ask your kids, ask your partner, hey, do you feel mad, sad, or angry when I go do this for myself? And more than likely, they're going to be like, no, <laughs> I don't. And then it's a little bit more freeing to be like, oh, Okay, but like you mentioned, since we are such nurturing beings, really leaning into and recognizing like, hey, when I do take 
20 minutes for myself, I'm so much more present with my kids. I'm so much more patient. I'm so much more focused at work and I'm not making mistakes or missing deadlines. And I'm so like connected with my spouse. And also one other thing is if you could just say to a friend, like if a friend was saying some of the things you have in your inner monologue, like you're so wrong for doing this for yourself. You would never say that to your friend. Like you'd be like, girl, go go get a pedicure if that's like a form of self-care for you this week. Or go sit in your car at a park with your hot coffee by yourself and just listen to some music or be in silence, you know? Whatever that looks like for you and whatever you need at this point in your life, self-care is not selfish. It's often necessary for us and it doesn't have to be big, doesn't have to be extravagant. And a lot of times looping it back in your mind, thinking about how does this benefit the ones I love since we are such nurturing beings, it will help you to keep doing it over and over. But have open and honest conversations. More than likely your family's gonna be like, No, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Then they don't they don't notice it in that like they, we think we make it a thing and it's not. And it's the old adage, you know, you gotta put the oxygen mask on before you help others. And you know, when we see, you know, patients come in and they're they're overwhelmed by what they have to do and because they have families and am I going to have to make separate meals? Well, it's like, okay, well, we need to evaluate your life and figure mm-hmm. out how you can do this because you working on your health is only going to benefit them in the end. And so it is a hard thing. It is a hard thing. So it's a, it's a deep, deep topic, I think. And I'm so glad that you, you do this, especially for women, because I, you do see it way more. We're going to um, completely pivot from habit change right now. We're going to completely pivot because I have to talk to you about something really, really important right now. Okay. Before we get into how people can connect with you and all that, I just want to know your Taco Tuesday favorites because as a person who had to eliminate nightshades for a long, long time, oh, no. recreating Mexican meals for me has been one of my love languages is trying to find different ways to do that. So give us your Taco Tuesday go-tos. Oh my gosh. Everyone in my audience is always like, oh, Emily loves tacos. Here's Taco <laughs> Tuesday. And what I love about it is, for one, for one, it's a habit hack for me. Like I honestly, every Sunday I do a grocery list. I do a grocery pickup. Like, thank God for grocery pickup. It's my favorite thing ever. And I and I write, I figure out what we're going to have for dinner each week. And Tuesday's always Taco Tuesday because it takes the decision fatigue away. And my kids love it. And there's so many different ways you can make tacos as well. My favorite, it's so basic, is we either do ground turkey, ground beef, we add some taco seasoning to it. I always, my kids do this all the time. They'll add a little Greek yogurt to it just to add a little extra protein and it makes it a little bit more creamy. And they love to do like tostadas. So we'll do like corn tortillas and just fry them in the pan and get them nice and crispy. And then this is like a flat crunchy taco almost. And we just pile on so many different veggies and different salsas depending on what you can have as far as like nightshades and all that and we always 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 have hot sauce we love Cholula in our house like I feel like I can't keep it in stock but I love creating different things just based off of like spices and sauces so I'm always reading labels to see like what's in here like a little chipotle or a little extra like a green enchilada sauce just to change it up um, what I love about Taco Tuesday, though, is you can do all the same ingredients each week and make it totally different. 
Yeah, 100%. And I still love a skinny margarita. If I have a drink ever, it's always a skinny margarita because I really do think tequila is one of the cleanest forms of alcohol that you can have. Not advocating it every day, but if if I have a skinny margarita, that's, I mean, that's my go-to if I, if I do have something. So I wanted to share our love for habits and taco Tuesday in the uh, podcast. So (laughs) people are going to be reaching out for you with the, uh, to you with taco recipes, but also <laughs> reaching out to you about all this habit change that we've talked about. So can you lay out all the ways that people can connect with you and we'll link all of these in the show notes? Sure. Well, you can listen to Habit Hack Your Health wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Emily Nichols Tutu. I'm sharing a ton of different like atomic habit hacks for women, a lot of habit loops there as well to help you kind of inspire you to take action and create your own habit loops too. And I actually have a special gift for everyone. If you go to bit.ly slash atomic habits for women, we'll make sure to get you that link too, Christy. I have a super secret private podcast feed called called Atomic Habits for Women. It's a five series episodes where I break down why women have to do habits differently and give you a few extra habit hacks there as well. I love it. I love it. And I love that you have that feature on your website where people can record a question for you and you answer it on your podcast. I think that's such an awesome feature. Yeah, it's so fun. So we'll make sure to get you that link as well. So if you have a habit hacking question for me, if I answer it on the show, I actually send everyone a free habit tracker for being so vulnerable and asking me the question. But I get some really interesting questions. Usually it's like, how, when, where, (laughs) when, what should I do? And we keep it pretty simple, but it's super fun being able to connect with folks in that way. And everything that I do, I try to have that atomic habits for women lens. If I was like, okay, send me an email or like text me or like go follow me. Sometimes that's too much. So I'm like, Hey, just hit record and just tell me like, Hey girl, can you answer this for me? And I love being able to connect with folks like that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I also too, while I have the opportunity, will let people know that Emily's um, podcast is wonderful. I will admit I don't listen to as many podcasts anymore with working from home, but I was like would regularly listen to your podcast before um, when I was driving in the car to work. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I would tell everyone about Emily is Emily is one of the people who actually gave me the first one of the first opportunities to tell my story with dealing with autoimmune and MS and had me on the podcast. So I've always loved the vibe that you put out in the world and the fact that you're always trying to help others. So I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining me and I, I hope you'll come back on again and we can talk more. Yes. Always love chatting with you, Christy. Thank you so much for those kind words. That's a wrap for today's episode of Ripple Effect Connection. Now that you've been inspired, here's my call to action for you take a moment to reflect on the insights and wisdom Emily shared. I hope you found inspiration from her words and her habit hacking methods. I'm always up for your feedback on habit change or any other topic. I love the conversations we have on social media about the podcast. So feel free to continue to connect with me and let me know what resonated with you. Reach out on Instagram at Whole Health Christy. You can also get the full show notes for this and all my episodes on my website, christyhugic.com slash podcast. Next, I ask you to spread the inspiration. Like, follow, review, and share this podcast with others who may benefit from these stories. Stay tuned for the next episode of Ripple Effect Connection. Let's create waves of change together.